It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. On today's edition of Where Are They Now? We take a walk down memory lane with right-wing Joel Ward, one of the more popular athletes to ever wear the shark sweater. Joel was an integral part of the 2016 run to the Stanley Cup final against Pittsburgh, and it was a lifelong dream come true for him. Joel was born in North York, Ontario, to parents Cecilia, who worked as a nurse, and Randall, who was an automobile mechanic. They emigrated to Canada from Barbados, and it wasn't too long before young Joel was introduced to the game of hockey. Joel had a special passion for the game, and it became apparent that he had the talent to play at a higher level, too. But it was still an uphill battle. Ward's father, Randall, died when Joel was very young, and hockey became a place where he found solace and joy. His mom did everything that she could to ensure that he had a place to play, but times were often challenging. Wardo didn't exactly have an orthodox path to the big leagues. Undrafted by any Ontario Hockey League team, he went to camp with the Owen Sound Platers and made the squad. After scoring eight goals in his first season, he improved his game steadily, and he had a great final season with 62 points in 67 games in the 2000-2001 OHL campaign. Wherever he played, he played with burning enthusiasm, and he gave everything he had. What to do next? Well, moving to California was what beckoned. Wardo was signed to a tryout with the Long Beach Ice Dogs, then of the West Coast Hockey League, where he played in eight playoff games with the club. But no hockey team beckoned with any offers that summer, so he decided to take the opportunity to get his college education at the University of Prince Edward Island, where he also worked on his game. He was team MVP for three seasons at the university, and he earned his degree in sociology. Getting an opportunity in the Minnesota Wild organization, Joel played in three American Hockey League seasons with the Houston Arrows before finally getting the call to play in the NHL with the Wild. Moving on to Nashville, he had three memorable seasons with the Predators, and then in Washington for four years with the Capitals. In the first round of the 2012 Stanley Cup playoffs, Ward's goal in overtime of Game 7 propelled the Capitals to a series win against the defending Stanley Cup champion Boston Bruins, a moment that showcased his ability to come up big when the season was on the line. The Boston Bruins now turn it over. A two-on-one. Knubel coming with Ward. Knubel with a chance. Backhander loose. They score! They score! They score! It's over! Ward on the rebound! Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Boston! The King is dead! There will be a new Stanley Cup champion! The Capitals are still dancing! A rebound off Thomas, and the Capitals have won it in Boston in Game 7. That didn't surprise anyone in Nashville, according to broadcaster Pete Weber. Well, he made a big impact here, and he wasn't supposed to make any impact, right? He was, uh, they, the Predators Pro Scouts had sort of focused in on a forward off the Houston Farm Club of the Wild, Ryan Jones. But while they were scouting him and ultimately bringing him in as a free agent, 
they also, their eyes were caught by Joel Ward because he always seemed to be in the heart of the action. And I, what a break that was that the Predator scouts saw him that way. Uh, not a speed merchant, as we both know, but he would get to the front of the net. He would do the work in the corners. And the year before, or rather several years before in the series against Vancouver, he was the highlight of that for Nashville in a series where first time they'd ever played in the month of May, and he came up with some big goals to send the series back here, albeit for the handshake line. After his final season with the Capitals, Wardo signed a three-year contract to play for the Sharks, and that's where we pick up the action. The 2015-16 NHL season remains the most magical in Sharks history. After San Jose dispatched the rival Los Angeles Kings in five games, the next round pitted them against a longtime foe, the Predators. For Ward, it was full circle, as he was facing the franchise where he had really established himself as a full-time National Hockey League player. Joel has vivid memories of that series. Um, I lost. We should have won in game six. We got ripped off in, in Nashville from, from uh, Pavelski, but uh, having a goal that they kind of disallowed. But um, no, we, a lot of moments for sure, uh, a lot of highs, a few lows there. But, um, you know, I remember I had a couple of key moments for myself, which I was proud of and to help the team. And, um, you know, it meant a fair bit because it was, it was my former team too as well. And Pekka was a goalie that I couldn't score, you know, before in my life. So, you know, I was kind of, I wouldn't say nervous, but a little antsy to face him because I, I haven't really had a chance to score a goal since I left Nashville. I remember back in the day, just kind of, you know, uh, practices were always tough to score. So I kind of wanted to, to, I really deep down wanted to kind of try to contribute and help the team and I was fortunate to do so. So I was, I was excited about that. Down one nothing in the first period of Game 1, the Sharks got on the board with a goal by Tomas Hurdle, and then it came time for Joel Ward to put San Jose in front. Don Skoy takes it back, lead pass, breakaway, Ward holding it, shooting it, star! John Skoy, a brilliant pass, Ward just waited out Pecorine, and he was on the goal line when he reached in with a backhand chance, and Joel Ward, with 8-11 to go in the third, puts the Sharks in front, 2-1. to one. For Ward, scoring a goal against Pecorine was a really big deal. Oh, wow. I mean, I got a chance to see him up close and personal in Nashville for, for a couple of years, and man, he was the backbone of our squad. I mean, we won a lot of games because of him, and and I remember just how hard he worked in practices and how hard it was to score. I knew that uh, I knew if you get a chance, you got to make it count because he was never out of the save. And you know, for me, it was it was a little bit of a mental block. Um, you know, even those practices, I remember back then, I was like, man, I cannot score on this guy. So to to face against them uh, in the playoffs, you know, I had a chance with them in World Championships, and when I was playing for Team Canada and. And he was playing for Finland there. I, I, you know, he stoned us and made like 50-something saves. So, you know, those little things stick in the back of your mind a little bit. Uh, but I was fortunate to uh, to to get him on this one. And I was, uh, you know, made it that much, much, uh, much better feeling. For both teams, this second round series was a big deal. San Jose had a two games to one lead in the series, heading into game four at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. In a seesaw teeter-totter matchup, the game went into overtime. And in the first overtime, it appeared that the Sharks' Joe Pavelski had scored. Burns and Martin on D. Bostad wins the draw. This could be trouble. Yossi has it. Carries down the wing. Throws to the net. Save made by Jones. 
Gathered by Martin. Did he get it out? Yes, he barely did. And now Thornton steals it away from Yossi. Moves down. Two on one. Lead pass. Settled hurdle. Shoots. Great save. Rebound. Pavelski. Score! No goal. They're saying no goal. They are saying no goal. Upon further video review, there's goaltender interference. No goal on the play. That's just terrible. Terrible call. I can't believe this. I, I cannot believe this. This is one that's going to go down in history in San Jose Sharks playoff lore. Joe Pavelski legally chipped the puck across the line. And Peter DeBoer is demanding an explanation. He is furious with Eric Furlat. Absolutely furious with the referee. If this game goes the other way, this is going to be a game that everybody remembers and will never forget. The overtime ended, and so did a second overtime. And then, in a third overtime, heartbreak at 11 minutes and 12 seconds. It's Marlow, Carlson, Tierney up front. Back on defense, Braun and Martin. We're going to start to hear some weird changes here in pairs, depending on how tired people are. Third overtime, 3-3. In the shark zone, could be trouble. Chance for Ekholm, save, rebound, score! A disastrous ending for the Sharks in overtime after a disallowed goal on an apparent play that looked legal from Joe Pavelski's point of view in overtime number one. At 11 minutes, 12 seconds of OT, a rebound popped out in front, and Mike Fisher is the man with a smile on his face as in a scramble in front, the Predators end their longest game in franchise history with a 4-3 to three victory in game number three triple overtime and this series is now tied at two wins apiece the Sharks rebounded from that disappointing loss with a 5-1 win in game five at SAP Center and the series shifted back to Music City for game six unfortunately for the Sharks they were bitten by the overtime bug again as Victor Arvidsson kept the Predators alive spawning from the red line throws it in Played by Rene back around the backside of his net to the near board. Sanamaki clears and skating for it. Carlson lost it. Here's trouble. Score! Victor Arvidsson took it away from Melker Carlson. And Arvidsson moving in, got the backhander past Martin Jones. The Predators win in overtime at 2:03, 4-3, and there will be a Game 7 at SAP Center. It all came down to a crucial Game 7 at SAP Center. With everything on the line and with the Sharks ahead 1-0, Joel Ward came through again. Donskoy takes it back. Lead pass, breakaway, Ward holding it, shooting it, star! Donskoy, a brilliant pass. Ward just waited out Pecorine, and he was on the goal line when he reached in with a backhand chance. And Joel Ward, with 8-11 to go in the third, puts the Sharks in front 2-1. to one. What a memory. The Sharks won that game seven by a score of 5-0.
and they eventually made it to the Stanley Cup final that year. But Ward looks back to that heartbreaking moment when Joe Pavelski's goal was disallowed in overtime in Game 4. Did the three overtimes that followed, along with the extra effort needed to win that series in seven games, instead of perhaps five, take just enough out of the Sharks to cause them to run out of gas against Pittsburgh in the final? We'll never really know. You know, you replay the series, you're like, oh man, I wish I could have used that extra day. Who I mean, when you look back at it, yeah, of course I'm going to use that as an excuse now, but... <laughs> Uh, at the time, it was, it was just devastating because, you know, we thought we put in so much effort and so much work and preparation that, you know, and, and the way how the play unfolded, we thought for sure that we won and we, we could advance. Instead, it went on. That kind of carried on to being an all-night affair of playing and, you know, coming back home. I'm glad we won, of course. But uh, who knows? Yeah, that little bit of rest could have definitely helped. We had some guys, uh, you know, kind of bumped in uh, a little bit of bruises here and there a little bit. And, you know, of course, that any type of rest, when, when you're, especially when you're traveling that much, is, is very crucial. The 2016 Nashville series was special to Joel for many reasons, but one had nothing to do with what was happening on the ice. When he played for the Predators, he made a major impact on the life of a young man in the Big Brother, Big Sister program in Music City. Uh, great, yeah. His name is uh, Malik Johnson. Um, he's a local celebrity. If you ever get down to one of those hockey games in Nashville now, at least that's what he claims. So uh, thankful for the Preds that he's, uh, you know, they kind of hooked him up with a, a job down there, and uh, they've been looking after him since the time that I've left. Him. So, uh, you know, shout out to uh, Pete Rogers and the staff of the Predators there. That kind of really helped out. But um, he's doing well, though. And, uh, Malik is doing well. And, you know, I think for me it was just I grew up in a single-parent family home. Um, you know, and I kind of wanted to – you know, give back. I feel like I had so much help for me playing hockey all these years from, from uh, different from organizations from family members and everybody that I was trying to find a way to kind of give back myself. And, and I ran into big brothers, big sisters there, and, and we kind of hooked up. And right from day one, when we were matched, it was just a no-brainer. We got along right away, and, you know, we started hanging out. I think the requirement was four hours a month. And before you know it, we'd be hanging out four hours a day, like three to four days a week. I mean, you know, he'd come over, we'd have pizza, whatever, we're just doing homework. Um, so it was, it was great. It was great for for myself and for him. I was learning off of him, right, from a different perspective of, of you know, his upbringing. Um, taught me a lot of things. It's just, you know, not to take things for granted. And, um, you know, what an unbelievable. I'd say he's a young man now. He's turning 23 at the end of this month. So. It's been quite a few years now that we've kind of been together. So, um, you know, it's definitely, even though we're not part of the program, we're still brothers and a bond for life. Because Joel had lost his father when he was young, he immediately identified with and grew close to Malik. Preds broadcaster Pete Weber notes that the entire story remains inspirational with the team, all because of Joel Ward. And the people who were so willing after Joel left to help him keep an eye on Malik as he progressed through high school, became the first member of his family to graduate high school. Many of us were at the high school graduation ceremony at White House Christian School that summer. And then keeping him around the team, working at the rinks uh, and uh, doing a good job there. But Joel, as soon as Joel would run into any of us, Christy, myself, uh, he would ask, how's Malik doing? So he was, uh, he never gave up 
his uh, big brother approach to Malik Johnson. Joel and Malik are still very close. And Pete Weber adds that Malik's relationship with the team has continued. Yes, it is. Uh, now, we, when we reopen some facilities, I'll get to see him again. Uh, but he uh, works at the Ford Ice Centers and around the, as a partner, we call it the Big Rink, Rinkstone Arena. And uh, they, uh, they're certainly part of uh, not the woodwork, they're part of the work that gets things moving. It's pretty clear that Joel Ward was a player to be looked up to by all of his teammates. What was it about his play that made him perform at his best when it mattered the most? I think, just, as you said, it's an out-of-body experience of being in the playoffs. I think you just, you know, you just envision, I think every hockey player dreams of winning the Stanley Cup as a kid. Um, and it was just something that I would just wanted to do. Um, I loved for those moments. I mean, who doesn't want to try to go out there and, and score the game-winning goal for their team. So, um, you know, I just kind of try to thrive in those moments, um, make the most of my opportunities I was there. I just, you know, I think I just did a lot of visualizing. And, and you know, when I got out there, just try to make something happen positive for my team. Um, and I think, you know, you know you're going to go through some ups and downs uh, throughout the course, but you just got to kind of stay in those moments, you know, that, you know, if you stay positive, I think that was just for me, just the time will come. You just got to, really stay stay positive and stay in the moment. Since Joel has always been a clutch player, I thought I'd get his opinion of a few of his former teammates. Let's start with Logan Couture. Well, I mean, I think Logan's just, I don't know, but a lot of people maybe don't appreciate him as much, but man, I was so impressed right from day one when I, when I got a chance to get out here and um, his 200-foot game of offense and defensively irresponsible and face-offs and all the small tangibles of the game that people don't see is is impeccable, man. His his hockey IQ is is off the charts, and and you know also he's a great human being. Um, you know, I just thought we had such a balance that year of, of such great leaders and and players, and it made things for guys like myself uh, that much easier. You just had to kind of follow suit, and he was one of those guys that just led the way. And um, you know, if anybody gets a chance to play with him, you'll know your your chances will go up and. Uh, what a what a, a really great hockey player, man. And, uh, you know, the time that I got a chance to play with him, it was, it's something special because he creates so much on his own that you just try to try to get open as best you can. How about Brent Burns? Burns, he's an unbelievable, unbelievable hockey player and a great guy. Uh, I got a chance to know him, uh, you know, a little time in Minnesota together, and he kind of took me under his wing a little bit. I was a new guy, kind of, and you can kind of tell I was uh, – a little intimidated at times, but he kind of made things a little bit more relaxed, as you can, as you know, his personality. He's pretty easy to to get along with. So, um, but you know what? He he's a, a unbelievable hockey player. So well deserving of his Norris Trophy and all the accolades that he gets, and him for being named to Team Canada. And I mean, he's a crucial part of why we got to the finals that year. I mean, well, actually, to be honest, with you, all the games that we've won, he's always been an integral part to 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 the game. So. He makes a huge impact into a lot of games, whether it may not be scoring every shift, but whether it's a big hit or uh, a pass or a breakup, you know, back check on a two-on-one or, or, you know, stop and play on a three-on-two to go the other way. He's always he's always involved. And, and that's the kind of hockey player you want to be growing up as somebody that's, you know, you're not just on the outskirts all the time, but you're, you're making an impact on the game. And here's the reason why he's, uh, you know, he's the poster child for CCM or whatever he's on or, beef jerky or whatever, whatever, uh, 
whatever he else has got going on on the offense. Okay, Wardo, let's hear about Joe Pavelski. Yeah, I think he was uh, he was huge. Yeah, he was, uh, um, you know, a locker room is huge, I, I found. And I think that was the reason why we did so well is we, we had so much fun. I mean, even though old guys were laughing all the time and joking in the morning coming in, it, uh, those guys, uh, big guys led the, they're the hardest worker guys out there, hardest working guys. And, uh, you know, they would still come off with a smile on their face, but they'd still be the first ones out there and, you know, teaching and, and learning. And and the thing with those guys, they're still wanting to learn, you know. It's not like they're just, even though they're, some of them are going to be Hall of Famers and, and great careers, that they uh, they also wanted to get out there and still learn things. And they're still working on their craft of others, tipping pucks or shooting their or wraparounds or breakaways, what have you. So, and that was the thing, that was the cool thing to see is guys that have been around the game so long, but still, you know, they didn't take many, many days off. They were out there and they were busting their hump and, and trying to be the best they can be. And there's a reason why those guys are where they're at. So, um, abs is something special. I mean, yes, we know about the tipping. We know about the, the goal scoring and the big plays, but also I think for people that don't know, what he brings to the locker room and how he he gets along with everybody and how he everybody gels. Um, he's the main reason why. And um, those things, I think, are unnoticed and and uh, I think take it for granted at times. And how about Patrick Marta, who has a shot to take the NHL's all-time lead in games played and who has a game-winning goal against every NHL team but one? Yeah, that's insane. I mean, We'd all dream to be scoring in every building in the league. Like, how cool would that be? That'd just be a fun thing to to say you did. But for this guy to have game-winning goals, I mean, are you kidding me? Like, that's that's insane. I mean, when I first heard that, I could not believe that. I was like, oh, you mean he scored every against every team? You're like, oh, that's pretty impressive. And then to hear about <laughs> all game-winning goals against everybody, is, is, I mean, come on. What are you supposed to say to that? I mean, hey, man, hats off to him. I hope those guys, they, they keep going. Um, it's fun to watch and you know for me I was fortunate to play with some of the greats like those two man and that's some future Hall of Famers and it made my hockey career so much fun and to see these guys up close on a day-to-day and get to know them as as, as guys as, and as humans is, is a cool feeling for me and, and stories I can tell my my kids down the road. And Joe Thornton who played on a torn ACL and MCL in his knee against Edmonton in 2017? I mean, I, I remember I had a partial NCL, ACL, and I was I was out for weeks. <laughs> so uh, to, to have a torn ACL, um, you know, is I, when I first found that out, I was like, there's no way. Then I had to question myself to see, because I remember in college, I kind of had a, a small partial. And I was out for a while. But anyhow, um, I just, you know, the, Jumbo just loves the guys, loves the rink. Um loves the game and you know I think and I've you know obviously you know loves winning you know I I feel like I'm I'm watching this uh last dance of the Chicago Bulls I'm trying to I'm trying to picture different guys in our locker room that was kind of you know emulating some of their team and just some of the and and those guys uh you can tell the guys that are really successful you know, and they'll do anything at all costs to win. And for Jumbo, that's what he wanted to do. And I mean, I, you know, it's, it's tough to play hockey, uh, let alone to be walking around 
with, uh, with the torn ACL. What was it like to actually get on the ice and skate in the Stanley Cup final that year? You know, it, it's, uh, it, was, it was just unbelievable. You know, you, you just dreamed as a kid to get out there and, and you want to just, uh, you know, as a hockey player, you want to get out there and you wanted to, to hoist the cup and you think all these things and, you know, your mind's racing and, you know, kudos to the Penguins that year. I mean, if you got to lose to to somebody, I guess you might as well lose to other one of the greats too, in Sidney Crosby, uh, Malkin, those guys. So I mean, you know, take your hats off to them. But yes, definitely, uh, it was an unbelievable moment, one that I I still watch to this day. <laughs> still try to replay some clips once in a while, just to you know. And you always wish, so oh, I could have done this, I could have done that. So you know, I was just thankful to be part of it and. Uh, Hopefully the Sharkies get back there sometime in the near future. After his playing career ended, Joel and his family decided to move back to San Jose, and that's where their permanent home is from this day forward. Joel Ward is always hoping for good things for the San Jose Sharks organization. He and his wife and family make their home in San Jose. One of the most amazing games he's ever watched was Game 7 against the Vegas Golden Knights. I was at home because um, our little guy was just born, and so... It's too loud to take him to the rink just yet. <laughs> um, but I just, I, I mean, unbelievably, I remember just watching it and and kind of thinking, you know, I know Paz went down and I was, uh, <clears throat> you know, I was like, you know what? If they get one or two, they might have a chance. And my wife and I were sitting there watching it and we're kind of, but I'm like, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, it's a five-minute major, so we're, we're kind of explaining it to you, kind of explain it to her. Like, obviously, if the penalty doesn't expire, so they're in a the box. Like, they can score as many goals here and everything. So, um, anyhow, we we were just sitting there chatting, I remember. And then they got one. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, <laughs> they got two. And I'm like, come on. And then another. <laughs> and then it just kept going. And then it was – actually, we were screaming, actually. We were at home just, like, poor baby didn't get much of a – Get much of a chance to sleep that night, but we were uh, just so surprised at what the outcome came out all of a sudden. And I was actually like during the game too. I was like, "Come on, boys! Like, what is going on here? Like, this is game seven. Let's go!" You know, and you're cheering on. And and then um, what happened at the end? I, I mean, I, I don't think that'll ever happen in sports ever again. <laughs> um, it was a, a but, uh, hats off to those guys, man. And Goody, who uh, became good friends too, and and he was a close by neighbor as well. So uh, I was just happy to see, and that's what hockey, and that's what playoffs is all about. It's just the unsung guy, just somebody you don't know who's going to score, and that's what makes this playoffs so much fun because everybody's chipping in at different things, at different times, at different angles, and uh, to see somebody like that um, that wasn't your uh, wasn't your typical Burns or or uh, Cooch or somebody just scoring and for a guy to kind of just get in there, uh, you know, and create his own path is, is a, and it was a real nice goal on top of it. Now that you're moving to the next phase of your life, Joel, how satisfying is it to look back at your career? You know, Dan, it's been a huge blessing and chance. I uh, never got a chance to be in California before. Now we're, we're pretty much making it home. <laughs> uh, we fell in love with the place right away here in the Bay. Uh, in San Jose, and um, you know, so thankful for the game of hockey, what it's done, and the and the opportunity that it gave me and my family over the years of uh, things that we've 
never dreamt of doing. And so, you know, I, I, as I said before, I wanted to always play just one game. I got a chance to play more than I even fathom a play. Uh, I never thought uh, down my road I would get a chance to play 700, over 700 NHL games. I mean, when I got to 500, I thought, okay, that was just a great number. Okay. Um, you know, and then I kept going after that. And, you know, it, it was just, it's just surreal to me. And the fact that I got a chance to live out my dream um, to play National Hockey League is, is unbelievable, unreal. And just so thankful for all the people that I met and all the organizations I got a chance to play for and the coaches and the GMs that treated me so well over the years that, you know, I couldn't complain except for I wish we won a Stanley Cup. That would be the only thing I, <laughs> I'd i like to – which would have been nice, the icing on the cake. But, hey, I mean, from my background and the way it started and, and the way it finished, I, you know, I'm just thankful for the opportunity. You know, I knew I wasn't I wasn't always the, the first guy uh, to make a squad. I always fought hard and to get on the roster and everything. So I knew, uh, you know, to play this many games for me was going to be a challenge and – um, but I'm, I'm just thankful that I got, I got the opportunity. Joel Ward is still getting new opportunities, and he has embarked on his coaching career in the American Hockey League with the Vegas Golden Knights organization. Everyone associated with Joel Ward, from Minnesota to Nashville to Washington to San Jose, knows that he'll be successful at everything that he does. Preds broadcaster Pete Weber put it this way. I can't think of anyone who is more universally respected that has come through Nashville and then moved on to other teams. You can really see the respect when he moved on first to Washington and then to San Jose because people around the Predators still enjoy talking with and or relating with him however they can. And, uh, I mean, that whole thing with Big Brothers, his, his program there with Malik is just a small, a small bit of what we all, how we regard him so highly. He is a tremendous individual. Indeed he is. Hey, Wardo, thanks a lot for joining us. Oh, thanks, Dan. I appreciate you very much, and thanks all, thanks all for everything you've done with me over the years and for not giving me a hard time too much on the radio. I'm Dan Rusinowski. Thanks a lot for joining us for this episode of Where Are They Now? This is a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. <laughs> 